Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up? Welcome in. This is the Herd, wherever you may be and however you may be making this part of your day. Thanks so much. I'm Doug Gottlieb. In for Colin Cowherd. Welcome. Welcome in. Um, you know, I think the fun part about trades and switching jobs, the fun part about trades and switching jobs is the fact that um, when you do leave a job, no matter how you thought they thought of you beforehand, the fact is they don't think that way of you now, <laughs> right? Like we all have our kind of idiosyncrasies with how we do things. And it's really, really interesting to me that it's really interesting to me that uh, here Carson Wentz has been gone all of 24 hours and already, we're hearing stories like this. According to the athletic Zach Kiefer, part of the decision with Wentz was made long before Wednesday's trade. As Frank Reich, owner Jim Ursay, and Chris Ballard all were ready to move on at the end of the season. Per the report, Frank Reich actually apologized to Jim Ursay for swearing by Carson Wentz. Right? Right? That... Carson Wentz was only in Indy because of Frank Reich. And Frank Reich saying, I believe in this guy. And so when when they didn't produce a playoff team, when they collapsed down the stretch, Frank Reich came in and said, my bad. I That, that is really telling. It, it also tells you about this sport is a business just like any others. Whereas where you go, you bring your guys with you. People that you've been successful with before. People you've seen success. People you've... And, and obviously, whatever, if it's Carson Wentz is too far gone mentally, if it's the physical wear and tear, if it's the reputation he carried into that locker room, whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever it is, it, it, it was different than what Frank Reich thought it would be. You know? Like, look, the Mitch Trubisky to New York thing makes sense. Why? Because Trubisky was was in Buffalo with Brian Dable, with their general manager. They believe in him. Now, that doesn't mean that they believe that he's better than Daniel Jones. They probably do because they didn't draft Daniel Jones. They haven't coached Daniel Jones. They've only seen Daniel Jones on tape. They have no relationship there. They have a relationship with Mitchell Trubisky. So these relationships matter, and, and it should. it's a buyer beware. I mean, look, it's the same thing as when Cam Newton, when Cam Newton was a free agent. This is after Carolina, after Carolina released him the first time. Washington football team had no desire, did not go get him. Okay, Now, they had Alex Smith, they had a couple of quarterbacks, but then Alex Smith got hurt, remember, and and Cam was still available after he, after his first year with the, with the New England Patriots, nothing changed. And, and all that told you was that most likely it's just physical. Cam Newton can't throw a football anymore. No one knows that better than Ron Rivera. 
no one knows. His, you know, you have the same offense coordinator that he played for in Carolina. It didn't work out. They're telling you all you need to know. All you need to know about what they think. And when that happens, when the guys that have seen success with you either don't want you or wanted you and then still part ways with you, well, it's a buyer beware. Like, I'm willing to believe that Carson Wentz is salvageable. Because on paper, you don't have to be great. You just don't. If you're just solid with that defensive front, you'll be fine. In that division, you know, you're talking Giants... Eagles made the playoffs, but the Eagles, they only beat bad teams. And the Eagles, as of this point, and again, we'll see what they do with those three first-round draft picks. You know, would they would they be in the Deshaun Watson discussion? That would make a whole lot of sense. But as of now, I mean, Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts? Carson Wentz or, or Danny Dimes? And Carson Wentz or Dak, you take Dak. But let's not act like the Dallas Cowboys are the smoothest running ship in the in the galaxy, if you will, right? They they got some good pieces, but but man, there's some weird stuff there, and oh, maybe a strange lack of buy-in at the head coaching position. But I mean, just imagine imagine that conversation where Frank Reich says, "My bad, sorry. I thought he could play, and he can't play. I thought he could do it, he couldn't do it." I thought he was the guy he was when I coached him in Philadelphia. And and look, we, we all have our battle scars. It doesn't matter if it's in your relationship, in your education, you know, or in, in pro- professionally. Like, you're going to have battle scars. There's going to be things along the way that take, that, that take away and kind of change you a little bit. Right? Like, you go through, like, I, I've you know, you go through a weird contract negotiation you go through a weird job phase. Remember that time that you sold number two pencils? Yeah, it was a weird time. You know, I needed a job because I, I worked for somebody else who you know, just, I, I, I couldn't get along with. So I took the next job I could. Yeah, I mean, like, look, Carson Wentz has suffered through multiple injuries, so he's not the same guy athletically. You lack a little bit of confidence. And now you have a bunch of money. You're, you're kind of a different guy. And I'm sure it's it's a shot at your ego when when Jalen Hurts essentially beats you out. Equal shots at your ego when things go wrong in Indy and your 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 coach who believed in you changed on you. But the bigger thing is, I'm sure you were different. You being Carson Wentz were different than the first time around with Frank Reich. But I, I just I just the, the image of Frank Reich apologizing to Jim Ursay. Tells you, one, how strongly he swore by him, and two, exactly how he felt about him and felt about his performance this past year. If, if the Indianapolis Colts don't have a plan, if there is not a, hey, now we're going after Sam Darnold or now we're going after Jimmy Garoppolo, if their only plan was, we just got to get out of the Carson Wentz business, I, I can't think of any more damaging commentary than the coach who believed in him apologized to the owner, and then they got rid of him just simply to get rid of him. That would be a wow. That would be a wow. You know? And and it's got to be a lot of the stuff we don't know because on paper, it looks like a home run for Washington. 
when they had a quality starting quarterback with Alex Smith before that gruesome leg injury, they were in first place. Now, it was the worst division in football, but they were in the first place. They're a better team now, and they'll be better, you know, even even better once once they get that defensive front healthy. If if he's twenty seven and seven with the Washington Commanders, they might win that division. They'll definitely make the playoffs. It is the NFC. It's his last shot, but it's not a terrible shot. Doug Gottlieb in for Colin. This is the herd on Fox Sports Radio, the iHeartRadio app. And uh, we're here at the Big Ten tournament. Actually, Juwan Howard speaking to the media behind me. They just lost a 17-point second-half lead, and Indiana came out of nowhere. Mike Woodson wins a conference tournament game, so they'll Indiana move on as a potential Cinderella in the Big Ten. You have other potential upsets brewing. This is these next two days, honestly, are are really the best days for college basketball. It's more exciting next week because you have the bracket. And you have some little-known teams, but like you just got Michigan and Indiana, and Syracuse and Duke just played. <laughs> like you don't these the you got like fifty quality games feels like today. I'll give you a picks. Uh, I'll give you a couple picks. A couple ways to make money a little bit later on in the show. Coming up next, we'll get Denver's reaction. Mark Slayer, the course, played in Denver, broadcast in Denver, calls games for Fox Sports. Were the Broncos just a quarterback away? And if so. If so, are they now the favorite in that really loaded division? What's What are reasonable expectations for Russell Wilson year one in the Mile High City? I'll ask Mark Schlereth. He'll join me next in The Herd. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Doug Gottlieb for Colin. This is The Herd, Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio app. Hope you're ready for a great hoops weekend. Great uh, couple of hoops weeks. Duke survives Syracuse. Butler trying to take down Providence at the Garden. Of course, just saw Indiana come from 17 down to beat Michigan. It is that time of year. Got to some herdline news upcoming, plus the best for last that I think I think you'll be intrigued by. There's a disagreement among the crew. Let's get to Mark Slareth, though. Of course, uh, Stink uh, won three Super Bowls, won a couple with the Denver Broncos, playing with John Elway, and, of course, now he covers uh, sports for uh, in, in Denver is his morning show, but if, you can hear him call NFL games on Fox, and he joins us here in the herd. Um, Stink, we, when did you know? Like, you know pretty much everything that happens in Denver's front offices. When did you know that Russell was the guy? Uh, not until it was announced. Uh, I, had no, I had no clue. You know, I did, uh, I did the last game of the season in Arizona where Seattle – uh, beat the Arizona Cardinals, and I really like having talked to Pete Carroll, having talked to Russell Wilson. Um, I really didn't get a sense that uh, you know there was that big a feud, and I really felt like they'd be able to figure it out, like work it out. But um, I really didn't know, man. I was I was as surprised and shocked as anybody, and I couldn't have been happier. I mean, I went from the depression of, hey, Aaron Rodgers decided to go back to Green Bay after we got the reports over the weekend that. Hey man, he was really torn between Denver and Green Bay, and so I was really hopeful. And so there was depression there, and then an hour later, man, it was complete euphoria as uh, Russell Wilson chose Denver, and they worked out the trade. Uh, the the 
the common presumption among fans is Denver was a quarterback away. Is that accurate? I don't think it's I don't think it's accurate. I mean, I think that uh, Russell Wilson gives them the chance to compete within that division. And um, and you know, if it's not winning the division, it's a wild card. I still think Kansas City's the best team in that division. But uh, you know, the point for me, Doug, more than anything else, is as you're building your roster, especially come free agent or free agency, when you have a quarterback like Russell Wilson, it makes you a destination. It makes you a place where defensive players want to come. I mean, I think about you know the Denver Broncos before Peyton Manning. I mean, the the, the no fly zone was created after Peyton Manning. You know, Keith Talib came there. Uh, Chris Harris Jr. was there, but they had other guys come show up there in Stewart, and you know all these guys come uh, came there after you know after that was put together and. So you, you kind of look at those things, the Wes Welkers of the world, some of the other guys that showed up um, because Peyton Manning was there, and that's what it does for you. It makes you a destination spot. It makes you a place where people go, we can win a championship there because they have the right quarterback. And so that's the part that's exciting. I still think, you know, offensively, I think they have some really good weapons. But the bottom line is I think some of their receivers need to grow, need to mature, um, they haven't done that because the offense has been so putrid, so that has to happen. I think they have to address some issues along the offensive line. And defensively, their front seven has to be addressed. But I think you can do some of that in free agency, some of that through the draft. And, uh, and I, think they've got the, you know, I think they've got the basic structure to be pretty good. What they send back in return? Well, they sent draft picks, you know, which I've never, you know, I've never been a big draft guy. You know, I've always looked. I mean, I, I came in Washington um, – I, I came there in 1989, and Joe Gibbs was the leader of that franchise. And Joe Gibbs always used to say, hey, listen, I'll trade unknown commodities for known commodities. I want guys that I know can play. And so that's kind of the environment I grew up in. And I'll remember, I never remember or I'll never forget, uh, my second year in the league, they drafted a guard really high who was an Outland Trophy winner. And I'm thinking, oh, they're already trying to replace me in year two? And the guy got into camp, and I was like, oh, this dude can't play. Like, and it changed my perspective on the draft, changed my perspective on oh, guys that can and guys that can't. And so I'd much rather have veteran players that are still in their prime, obviously. And so um, to me, I mean, I kind of that's how I look at the that's how I look at the whole draft. They gave up Noah Fant, who I think is in like I think he's an unbelievable athlete. I think he's a, a very average player. Uh, they gave up Shelby Harris, who's a good player, but he's not a star by any stretch of the imagination. And Drew Locke, who has struggled to really transition from the college game to the pro game. And then, you know, two firsts and two seconds. To me, um, I, I, I think what they did for Russell Wilson uh, makes perfect sense. And I think they, I think they got a great deal. Um, what about Nathaniel Hackett? How does they, he hasn't coached a game in his life as a head coach, but he obviously comes well regarded out of Green Bay. How does his philosophy or what you think his, how does that, blend with how Russell wants to play. Yeah, I think that I think that you look at kind of just where they came from. You know, I, I think when you go back all the way circa 2012 with Mike Shanahan, having Kyle Shanahan on staff, having um, Sean, uh, Sean uh, McVay on his staff, and having Matt LaFleur on the staff, right? They all run the same offense. It's just a variation. Like where Kyle Shanahan wants to be in two backs and two tight ends and do all that, Sean McVay wants to be in three wides all the time. Uh, they're the same plays. The adjuster is the F, and, and you know, and 
Shanahan's offense, the F is either the fullback or the or the second tight end or, or the third wide receiver. In McVay's, it's just the third wide receiver. Oftentimes, it's Cooper Cup um, is the guy who's going to motion and shift and do all those things for you. But the bottom line, it's the same offense. And last year, Russell Wilson, and he's always been in a form of the West Coast offense, but last year he worked under Shane Waldron, who was the former offensive coordinator of Sean McVay and the Rams. And that's the exact same offense that they run um, Lafleur runs. It's just a matter of, of you know, your personnel packages and how much you want to be in two back versus uh, two tight end versus uh, three wide. So it's the exact same thing from a verbiage standpoint, from a, a conceptual standpoint that Russell ran last year. And if you look at the last seven games or so, when he came back from that finger injury, he came back after three or four weeks. He wasn't very good the first couple of weeks back. And then from that point forward, he was exceptional. I think 15 touchdowns versus uh, three picks in his last 15 games. Um, he And I talked to him the last game of the season. He was like, man, I love this offense. I love what we're doing right now. So it's the same philosophical approach. Mark Slareth joining us, three-time Super Bowl champion. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is The Herd on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. What do you think Seattle's plan is? Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a great question. I think sometimes, you know, sometimes you have success with a guy like Russell and you think you've found the formula. And so you can move on. And I think there was enough strife within the organization that Russell wasn't going to resign. He still has, I think, two years left on his deal, but he wasn't going to resign there. Um, and so they thought, hey, let's trade him at his you know peak value and, and rebuild the organization. And that's great. Um, that's a, a great theory. But, man, you can get caught in quarterback purgatory for the next five, six, seven, ten years, and that's a terrible place to be as a franchise. And, you know, I'm, I, I just – like I've done games in Denver. I've done six games over the last two years, and every year we throw up – or every game we throw up another graphic. Like, look at all the different starting quarterbacks since Pete Manning retired, you know, and it's a litany of 10, 11, 12 guys. None of them can play, Right. And so, you know, you risk that. I mean, it's one thing to have big arm talent. It's one thing to be able to be smart on a grease board and it's, uh, you know, and, and, and to be able to run around and stuff. It's a whole other thing to play. You know, and I always say this and I goof around, but I'm 100% honest about it when it comes to the combine. You know, we, we, we get all enamored with 40 times and, and how many times you can do 225, you know, on the bench test. Like, yep. if it was that important, why is that the last 40 you'll ever run? And why is that the last time you'll ever do a bench test? Well, if you make a team and you get in the league, you'll never run another 40. So, so really, what are we doing other than testing athleticism? It really doesn't matter. Mark Slayer is joining us. Okay, so uh, Deshaun Watson. I, if, if he doesn't have criminal charges, can, can teams take him? I, like, I don't think Washington could have taken him because of the stuff that the front office has been accused of. And I'm not saying that he's guilty of anything, but just in a percept, you know, when perception matters and how it looks matters, if he, if there are no criminal charges, what then? Yeah. Well, I mean, yes, I think you can go in that direction, but at what point are you going to have him? So if everything clears up, like, can you really wait until April or May to see if there are no criminal charges? And then, you know, you get him in, what's the commissioner going to do? 
Right. I mean, how many games is he going to be suspended for eight weeks, a month, a, you know, a year, or what, like what's the what's the punitive damages that are coming out of that? So, like, it's really hard to bank on that guy being the guy because you you still have no real understanding of of what's going to happen. So it's really hard to go. Here's our you know here's our contingency plan um, because your contingency plan has to have a contingency plan to it. So that that's a real hard one for me. Thank you, the best man. Uh, do we get? Do we have Man One Hundred and One video coming out? Like, you know, spring is is here. Do we have any Dude, Man One Hundred and One? I have got. Listen, man, I mean, Man One Hundred and One. I am uh, am currently working on thirteen a thirteen episode production of Man One Hundred and One. So uh, we're working on we're working on things right now. Oh yeah, we're redoing decks and fences and the whole nine yards. It's going to be awesome. I love it. I love it. Follow him on social media. You can find out more about Man 101. In the meantime, Stink, you're the best. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Zaggy. Later. All right, let's get to Rhyme Music with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. Man, hello, Ryan. I, hello, Doug. Man 101. I, I'm sure uh, Mark would have his way with, you know, Gottlieb and how he mows his lawn. I actually, I, 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 I mean, in California, I don't currently <laughs> have a lawn that I need to like sit on a, a riding hustler turf mower, you know. But um, you don't I have, love. I, you don't uh, have acreage in the no. uh, in the palatial no. estates of Southern California. No, 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 no. The most expensive grass you're ever going to find. <laughs> All right. Well. Let's continue on with the NFL that you and Mark were talking about. Obviously, we know a ton about Russell Wilson going to the Broncos. What we also know about Russell Wilson is things weren't always happy-go-lucky kumbaya in Seattle. Obviously, a ton of success early on in his career when many would say he was more of a game manager and the Legion of Boom and Marshawn Lynch were the ones carrying the team. There was a reported rift after the uh, interception seen around the world at the one-yard line when they ended up losing the Super Bowl to the Patriots. Well, Richard Sherman, following the trade of Wilson from Seattle to Denver, first was, quote, retweeting something from Bobby Wagner, who said, Sherm a prophet. Richard Sherman then said, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. So obviously, Richard. That's Sherman, a Batman. That's a Batman reference, isn't it? That is correct. That is correct. Which which Batman is that from? Is that Dark Knight? Uh, it is Dark Knight. Yes, I believe so. Yes, man, Christopher Nolan's good, isn't he? Oh, he's now, have you seen the new one? Has anybody seen the new one? Uh, no, the one with Pattinson. Yeah, uh, Jay Stu, have you seen the new one yet? I have not, but I've heard great things. I've heard it's kind of like the Dark Knight meets Seven. It's wow, like a, kind of a, a murder sounds like mystery. you're gonna feel really. What's good in the box? It? What's in the box? Gonna leave the theater feeling really good about life, huh? <laughs> what's, in the box? what's in the box? I actually watched Seven a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Fantastic Ooh, film, amazing film, amazing, amazing film. Um, uh, okay, so so well, where well, were we well, again? <laughs> Richard, we're Richard Sherman. <laughs> yeah, no, so no. Richard Sherman saying, "I told you so." Like, yeah, look, that's he, what it sounds like. He, here's the problem. Here's the problem. What, what Mark Schlereth makes complete and total sense. Complete and total sense in terms of, you know, most quarterbacks, guys will follow. But, again, 
Tell me the defensive player who has ever had Russell Wilson's back. I don't know what it is. I'm not in this, that locker room. I'm not friends with Russell Wilson. All I can tell you is, tell me the defensive player that's like, man, this. there's not one. It was him versus not with the Legion of Boom. Right. There's a really wor- weird locker room. So how long does the honeymoon last in Denver? You know, it, can he find a way? Be- because he's coming in as the conquering. If you think he's going to come in hat in hand, he's coming in as the conquering hero. I don't know how that, that, that rests with the, with the Broncos defense. Yeah, I will say this, because I, I largely agree with you. I think, I think when there's, whenever there's this much smoke, there's always tends to be a little bit of fire. Whether it was Russell Wilson's fault or not his fault, I think it's almost indisputable to this point that there was a complete fracture within that locker room where it was defense versus offense, those veteran guys versus Russ, and then the exodus of the Legion of Boom and trying to make Seattle into Russell's team. And they never really took off from there because they haven't won a playoff game of note since that last Super Bowl run that came up short against New England. Correct. What I find interesting here is with Wilson – you, you talked about this a lot. Uh, for those who don't know, Doug and I worked together for years on his show. I now work on The Herd. Something that you always said is it's hard to promote from within, right? Because people always look at you the same way. Correct. And that's what it sort of felt like with Seattle and Russell Wilson from the beginning. He was always this underdrafted guy who the only reason the team had success early on was because of the defense, was because of the run game. It's the Kirk, it's the Kirk Cousins. What, what Kirk right. Cousins felt when he was – remember – uh, remember, uh, Bruce uh, Bruce Allen was called him Kurt uh, Kurt Kurt cousin. You know, it's like you don't even know my name, like dude. I mean, he was the fourth round pick, and you know the way. I mean, I, I related to this is how it works in our business, which is oftentimes, you know, you'll get promoted, but the person promoting you is like, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna double your salary. Like, okay, but I was making nothing, so double of nothing is still nothing. Right, this job pays a certain amount. Like they they view you as the mailroom guy if you came in through the mailroom, right? Instead of your, you know, if you come from outside the company to the exact same job, you're viewed differently. Yeah. So I do wonder if now that it's sort of been this like Russ has moved into you know wherever you want to put him, we know he's one of the elite quarterbacks in the league. You know, however you want to rank him versus Justin Herbert or Pat Mahomes or whatever, we know he's like a legitimate franchise top tier quarterback so now that he's coming into a new situation where people look at him that way if maybe the perspective and how he relates to defensive players could be a little bit different from that perspective one more NFL story before we go to some NBA but we do know that the Colts are looking for a quarterback we talked earlier about Jimmy Garoppolo if that's going to be the case and a name that you mentioned earlier that I found fascinating is all this buzz coming about for Mitch Trubisky Um, I know that people are looking at uh, the Giants as a possible landing spot. But where are you at with Trubisky? Because for the life of me, I cannot understand where it's all coming from when all the guy did was be Josh Allen's backup for about 10 months. And now suddenly it's like there's like somewhat of a market out there for Mitch Trubisky. You know, he took a team to the playoffs. He can manage the game. I, I think he's also a guy who there, there's a ceiling, but what everyone I know has said is, like, he lost his confidence, but they didn't have confidence in him first. And so if you can rebuild that self-confidence, 
there's no reason he can't be a stopgap starting quarterback. Right? There, there just has to be a middle class. Not every guy is going to be worth 40 to $50 million. And if you ask yourself, do you love Mitch Trubisky? No. But what are my options? Like, give me the team who you're talking about with Mitch Trubisky. Well, right? like, the, I mean, the, the Colts. Okay, so, 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 so what are your options? Jimmy Garoppolo coming off a of shoulder surgery. You can't, you're not going to get Deshaun Watson in division. You're not Deshaun Watson. So what, what are your options? So t- tell me. Like, I, I, and I'm, not, I'm not attacking you. I'm just right, the idea no, totally, that totally. everyone, this is what I started the show with. Everyone's like, well, why'd you end up with, like, what are my options here? Right. I got Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky. Who would you rather take? Right? Like, you're like, well, Nick Foles has seen more success in the Super Bowl, but that was how many years ago? No, you're right. Seven, I mean, seven years ago? Six I guess years I ago? would I would begrudgingly go with Mitch Trubisky, but I think I think if I'm Ballard and Frank Reich and I know I am just lifeline here, I would roll the dice on someone like Jimmy Garoppolo and maybe his shoulder shot, but I don't think Mitch Trubisky's saving my career either. Okay, but hold hold on now, okay? So it's not just the shoulder for Jimmy G. Okay, it's threefold. And and I would if all things were equal and he was healthy, I would take Jimmy Garoppolo ahead of him, but he's not. So you have the shoulder. You have the fact that he's hurt essentially every other part of his body. And even if you like him more, you have to admit that he is prone to the just boneheaded throw once a half. Totally. So so now now Trubisky, what we saw in Chicago, you know, he, he wasn't wasn't quick enough with his reads, the lack of confidence in throwing the ball downfield. Now, he was like Jimmy. He was a very good athlete, could run for a first down, big, strong body. And one of the things held against him was I think he only started 14 games in college, right? Now he has the volume of reps. But he doesn't have that injury-prone history. He does, he's not coming off a bad shoulder. And though, you know, if all things are – but they're not equal. And what are your options? Are your options a, a shaken Sam Donald? Are your options a banged-up Jimmy Garoppolo? Are your options a, a Mitchell Trubisky? And then how much does each of them cost? All of those things play a factor. That, that's all fair. I totally get that. And you're right. It certainly is, you know, you are, your options are very limited. It just it, if me knowing that my, my career is basically on the line, I would go, I would feel more confident going, hey, I'm at least going with the guy, regardless of what they can think of Jimmy Garoppolo. We've seen him in two NFC championship games under center in the past three years. That's, that's where I would hitch my trailer to, knowing that all of those other options are just as likely to go boom or bust. All right, we'll finish it up with this in the NBA, Doug. We know how up and down, well, shouldn't even really say up, how down things have been for Russell Westbrook in his one season thus far with the Lakers. One superstar has come into his defense, Steph Curry, talking to Chris Haynes, saying, quote, it is the nature of the beast, and in a certain perspective, they build you up to break you down. The real ones who have done amazing things in this league know what that means. He's a professional, and I'm proud of the way he's conducting himself, and I'm there for him. Look, Steph Curry, everybody knows he is just a salt-of-the-earth type of dude. Wouldn't expect anything else from him to say than for him to support a fellow NBA superstar who is really just getting torn to pieces right now on a very bad season so far in L.A. So I wouldn't expect much else. Um, But I personally don't know if the criticism for Westbrook has, has really been that far over the line. Now, of course, you always have to you have to ignore the one percenters of the death threats like 
it, those people are ridiculous. They're awful people. You put those to the side. Other than that, I mean, it's calling us a, a spade a spade. Like, he's been bad this year. He's been really bad. Yeah, yeah. And it's because of the stage he's on. I mean, I've told people for years, like, he didn't play defense. He's not a great defensive player. Like, no, 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 no. He plays so hard. Like, mm, you don't really – you're not seeing what he, what everybody else sees, which is he dies on screens. He screws up assignments. He just takes plays off. And then the other part is how he's not a very good finisher. You know, he misses – he missed a big one last night. Like, you know, that, that, that despite the fact that he drives in there and occasionally dunks and screams and is a freak athlete – there's, there's an art to finishing, and he is he is anything but an artist. Um, and I would agree with you. I don't think most of the criticism has been unfair. What, what I, what I, I, I just don't think that we on people on TV need to be name callers. I, I like, right? Yeah. I just don't think that's a great look. But, but making fun of his shooting with the use of his last name for a fan is is tame. And like you said, it's, it's accurate. The shooting's terrible. I, I've never seen a guy who's played. At that high a level, and by the way, dominates the basketball, right? His usage rating throughout his career, it's one of the reasons he put up such huge stats. And he just loses the ball. Yeah. Like, I've never never seen it before. Um, I, I also, I, I, I challenge the, well, they, they just build you up to take you down. Do I think we have a section of us, maybe a portion of, 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 of us that's greater than some uh, other things outside of sports that we do? We nitpick guys, right? It's like the LeBron James. Well, LeBron James was scared to take the last second layup last night against Houston. Really? You think he was scared to take a last second? You think he was hesitant to take a last second layup against the Houston Rockets when he's taking them in the NBA Finals? Like, no. So there is a section of that, right? Like where you try and – people try and say Steph Curry. Well, he doesn't play well in the finals in the first couple games. It's because they allow him to be grabbed and held. Yeah. You know, if you don't, he's going to make shots. But I don't think that that we build them up to take them down. I think there's always going to be people along the way who don't totally buy in, and that's okay. Um, I don't love that idea. I I do think that we have to do a better job on TV of the the name calling and and how we treat things. That's Ryan Music with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The herd line news. All right, so this is an amazing sports weekend. I don't think it's one of the five best sports weekends of the year. What are? You'll find out next in The Herd. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Mike check. Mike check. If you want exclusive insight from the biggest names in the sports game, what's good? This is national champion and former pro baller Chris Johnson. Let me tell you a little bit about my new series, KJ Live. KJ Live is the only show featuring me going one-on-one with the brightest basketball minds on the planet to get the real. And when I say real, I mean that real. I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture that you will not find anywhere else. To make your next move your best move. And tap in with me on KJ Live, wherever Get your podcast from. Tell Gottlieb for calling this the herd on Fox Sports Radio, the iHeartRadio app, wherever you may be, however you may be listening to this show. Uh, I just tweeted this out, and and I I do believe it that this is this is easily the best day in in college hoops. You got sixty one games, and about fifty of them are really really good. You got you're playing teams that are about your level, uh, that are a conference rival. 
in a neutral site, which is in your region, doesn't doesn't get uh, doesn't get any better. I I don't. I, there, it's more meaningful in terms of deciding a champion, and you'll have a bigger upset from a big name falling to a school you don't think of. But in terms of quality of competition, the appropriate team, like teams playing against teams at their level, that this is the best best days, best days. Let's get to the best for last. It's almost the end of the show, but that doesn't mean we're phoning it in. Nope, we grind to the very last segment. It's time for best for last. So, so the idea of this best for last is uh, there's 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 weekends that are just better than other weekends, and there's weekends with family that are better. There's weekends that are vacation that are ever better. There's but there's weekends for sports that are unique and special, and. I, I think we can extend these weekends from Thursday until Sunday or on a holiday weekend from Saturday until Monday. Let's get to the best for last. The five best sports weekends. Number we? five. Okay, number five is Thanksgiving weekend. Right, Thanksgiving weekend. You have uh, a good amount of college hoops. Okay? Um, there's some NBA hoops being played at that time. You have... Uh, NFL, you got NFL weekends. You got starting on Thursday. You have the three NFL games. Then you have the NFL games on Sunday and Monday. And then college football and all the rivalries from Thursday, Friday, Saturday. The 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 rivalry games do a couple. They they matter for the for the college football playoff, no question. For the NFL, they matter, but I can't put them in the top four. As good as it is, it's really just one sport. And that's one of the things. And they're not necessarily games that decide championships. Number four. Divisional weekend in the NFL. Now, maybe this is, maybe this is, hey, it just happened recency biased where we had the most amazing divisional weekend where every game was better than, even the Rams uh, Buccaneers game, which was a blowout at first. The Rams almost gagged that thing away with all those fumbles, right? And that was the worst game. That was the worst game of any of them. So, divisional weekend, because now you're, again, kind of like this weekend in college hoops, you're getting teams that are about the, the, the wild card weekend. You had a couple teams that got in. It's like, well, why was the AFC wild card bad? Well, the Chargers should have been in the playoffs. The Colts should have been in the playoffs. The Ravens should have been in the playoffs. Instead, those bottom three teams, not great. You go to the NFC and say kind of same thing, where, you know, the what would the Cardinals have looked like if they had New Hopkins? I, I don't think they beat the Rams, but Kyler Murray looked like a grade school quarterback there. There are other teams in the NFC which should have made the playoffs. You know, Washington probably should have been better than Philadelphia. They just, Ryan Fitzpatrick got hurt. And they lost Chase Young as well. You you lose your quarterback and your best player, you're going to struggle. But NFL Divisional Weekend was the best of the football weekends in the NFL because one, it decides a champion, and two, the volume of games. Number three. Now, I did say that this weekend is the best in college hoops, but that's just for the games. The excitement cranks up next week, and that's because of the bracket, right? The bracket is... The bracket is the college basketball, but fantasy football is the NFL, right? It's, it's basically gambling without calling it really gambling. And it's the bracket's easy. Just eat one piece of paper. Anybody can fill it out. 
we even pretend like the first four doesn't exist. But, I mean, starting Tuesday and really starting Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you find yourself cheering for teams you've never heard of before. It's a unifying uh, event. I've never been to Vegas for it. I, at some point, I want to go and see it from Vegas. But uh, March Madness opening weekend is is definitely number three. Number two. I still think New Year's weekend or those days around New Year's are, are we've diminished New Year's Day on some years because we have secondary bowl games. This year we had better bowl games on the 31st, but that's still the whole idea. Like all those games right around there. You still have the New Year's Day bowls, New Year's Day six, and then the national semifinals. And you throw in some NFL to boot like we had. It was pretty good. But it's always, it's almost always really good. And the semifinals, because it's four schools, competitive games, oftentimes better than the championship game, which is a standalone game. Number one. The best weekend in sports, for me, is that weekend in October when you have rivalry college football games, NFL games, and the October World Series. Right? And, and I understand that right now baseball is on hold, and I, I could take or leave baseball regular season. Baseball postseason, an unbelievable watch. Unbelievable watch. And football that time of year, from college to pro, though it doesn't decide a championship, the, the, the World Series does. October weather is perfect. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Perfect for football. You'll get some places raining, some places sunny, some places warm, some places cool. I just think October is the best weather month, the best sports month, and that best weekend is when it has World Series, college football rivalries, and pro football as well. That's the best sports weekend of the year. That's the best for last. Um, all right, so, so, so look, here we're getting ready for uh, college basketball. It's kind of like build up here. Right, so what do you need to know? It's going to be weird for people who North Roy Williams retiring. I'm going to guess that's going to be like the Houston Astros are in the American League. Like it's going to take you a while to turn on, and next year to turn on a Duke game and Mike Shashevsky's not there. Isn't that weird? Like think about this for 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 a second. How many people do you believe in mainstream? with all the other things with college basketball really becoming more of a one-month sport, right? And even, a, you know, it's the one month started now. How many people know that Roy Williams isn't at, at North Carolina anymore? And then next year you'll have Coach K be gone. And then eventually you'll have Jim Beheim will retire at Syracuse. And you're going to turn on your TV and it it look very, very different. Very different. But it's going to be interesting to see if North Carolina can continue the momentum. I mean, I can't think of anything cooler than in your first year as a head coach of a place like North Carolina where you played there. And it wasn't like when Hubert Davis was named head coach, there was all this fanfare. Last Saturday, it was supposed to be a coronation. It was not supposed to be a competitive game. And North Carolina goes in there whoops them. Took a big lead to start, gave away the lead, came back, and then led most of the second half and ends up winning a game. Like, that's an amazing accomplishment. But I do wonder how many people know Roy Williams is not the coach of North Carolina. Hubert Davis, you're like, Hubert Davis? Nick Hubert Davis? Yes, he's the head coach of North Carolina. All right, you get back to listen to Fox Sports Radio and all the updates and all the games and the stories. We'll see if any other quarterbacks are moved. 
In the meantime, remember, it's not important that you have your first choice. It's that if you don't get them, you have a second choice. That's what the Washington football team did. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is The Herd.